Hello and welcome to the 28th episode of the third season of the Plebs on Footy podcast. I'm your host, Roy O'Kane, and as always, I'm joined by Scott Fotheringham. Oh, hello, Banjo. I am so, so happy to say it. How bloody good is football? It's we so were... good to see a good grand final. And best of all, the evil empire fell. Collingwood lost. We were treated to, and like it was an absolute treat today. It was a fantastic game of footy. I call, halfway through the first quarter, yep. I said it was everyone was getting miserable. They thought Collingwood were going to run away with it. I said, no, nah, this is going to be a cracker. This is going to be a nail bite. I could feel it in my bones. Banjo. I don't think you did and believe it. What an absolute ripper. I reject the idea that you believed it. Oh, I know. I kind of did believe it. I, it was Collingwood had been the better team. They'd been more clinical. They'd been finishing off. But West Coast felt in the contest. Like they felt that they were starting to get a little bit of control into it. And but I felt like it was going to be a game that would go at least a fair way of the distance. I didn't know it would be as amazing as it ended up being, but I knew it would be a good game of footy. Yeah, that's the best grand final since when? When was the last time we had one that good? I reckon that that was better than twenty twelve. I'd say that. Yeah. Probably 2010. Better than 2010 draw. It would have to be. Yeah, definitely better than 16. 2012 was the last one that would be in the contest. Yeah. So, we do have a producer here. It's Charlie Hay. uh, A new one. Good friend of ours. New producer. About our 15th different producer. Uh, And he's a Geelong supporter. And he's motioning that 2007 was the... Yeah! (laughs) Previous grade, 2007. That's what which, you're um, calling as a Charlie. Which, as, which, as someone who was there, I can pretty decidedly say it wasn't that good. <laughs> this is the most uh, revved up producer we've ever had by a long way. Yeah. Whitey just sits here and comes and goes, oh, yeah, I might do a bit of fact checking. I might just, you know, just say no, one no, or two no, words. No, what he does, he taps us on the shoulder and goes, what about this inane thought that I haven't given much thought to? Yeah, yeah that's exactly <laughs> what he does. But Charlie has been his hands on, he's helped with the production and he's... He's ready to go. So he, welcome, Charles. He's, he's tried to introduce a new segment that we're not sure how we feel about. We're going to road test and see how it goes. I've though. actually forgotten what it was, so I'm quite excited to see what he goes with. <laughs> it wasn't worth remembering. I'm just going to put it out there early. Uh, but let's get to the game. West Coast of No, no. What are you doing? What are oh, you yeah, doing? True. We've got Sorry. everyone's favourite segment. You can't run That is true. That is true. Segment. We've got Gold Jacket, Green Jacket. So the title <laughs> with the rights on the line and Happy Gilmore, Gold Jacket, Green Jacket, who gives a shit. And throughout the home and away season, we give 3-2-1 votes for the most meaningless games of the round. Uh, this one, we've got a pretty meaningless one to talk about. So, uh, look, it was the grand final. Uh, was it five points? Was it that uh, Collingwood yeah, defeat, so uh, West, West Coast defeated Collingwood? Collingwood by five points. Five so, do those points. teams, we say... Gold jacket, green jacket, who gives a shit? No, wait, hold on a second. Yeah. To those teams, we say... Gold jacket, green jacket, who gives a shit? You're not stealing my segment, Ben. You stole Billy Gowers off me. I'll steal this one off I you. I didn't steal it off you. I started Billy Gowers. Those are my two segments and you know it. Right. Both of them suck. Okay, oh, give right. us a rating. You went through and did the... Yeah. You, do you did the... You did the rating, let's hear yeah, it. So I've got my formula and I was fascinated because this was one of the better games of footy I've ever watched in my life. Like honestly, it's it's in the top echelon. So I was fascinated to see what it would come out with on the, the relevant scale. And there are 65 points available of relevance. I've given it 59. Okay, so this is a very scientific process. So break it down for me. Go, go through the categories. Well, I, I, upset was three below the, the top because I just thought like there was... No, actually, no, wait. No, I gave I gave upset 10 out of 15. I just, it was a game which West Coast weren't expected to win. Like, it wasn't upset, but it wasn't a comprehensive upset. We didn't quite know. And then we have a couple below on outstanding individual performances. We had some good games from players, but there wasn't, like, an absolute dominant play. There were a lot of players who played very well. So we didn't have, like, someone kicking 
seven goals or something. That would have been the, the overriding factor. So that's where it fell slightly short. But on quality of game, I gave it a 10 out of 10. Interest of margin, 10 out of 10. Media interest is obviously a 10 out of 10. It's the grand final. Oh, I don't think many people talk about it. Both teams got a five for relevance. <laughs> Occasion was, believe it or not, a five out of five. Uh, our, no, sorry, injury reports fell, fell a little bit short as well because there weren't many injuries. Yeah. There were a few no one's going to miss a, a game. Bit. No one's going to miss the next game. But look, basically, quite a good game of footy. Yeah, it was pretty much the perfect grand final, wasn't it? It was pretty close to it. Should we actually start talking about it? Yeah, let's about talk the about game. the game. God, it was good. <laughs> yeah, so early on, Collingwood got off to a hot start. I, I still felt like early on, West Coast felt like they were trying to find the control of the game, and they didn't feel that far from it. They were holding on to possession a little bit. Their back line started to get on top as the game went on. And for yeah. me, that was the defining factor as the game went on. The further it went, the more Barras, McGovern, Hearn, they started really getting on top, the intercept marks. And it became the interesting passages of play, the passages of play which were like, wow, that's special. West Coast just started getting more and more of them. They'd start transitioning better. There'd be a kickoff half back, a few handballs, and they start running it forward. Yeah, in Collingwood the... got a little bit ugly. It was a bit yeah. more chaos. It was a little more, let's try to scrap a goal, and they kicked goals out of nowhere where... West Coast felt in control for the majority of the game. Yeah, it was quite interesting. In the second quarter when West Coast started to rest a bit back in terms of the uh, way the game was being played, they had these moments where they moved the ball really cleanly. They got some of those really mm. special moments to get the ball forward and keep it in their direction, but didn't quite finish it off. Yep. And it, as the game went longer and longer on, Darling got involved, Kennedy kept producing, and they just got more and more efficient in those that, moments. That was probably the case for most of the game. It's Collingwood are clearly the best team in the first quarter. Mm. The three quarters after that, I, for most of the game, I thought West Coast are going to win this. Eventually, it's going to click, and eventually, they're going to finish it off. Yeah, you're very loud about that. Yeah, and but, it came with a very <laughs> tough kick in the final quarter. I'm for a loud that to man, off. but like even even in the last quarter, West Coast for the first half of the last quarter were absolutely dominating. Just couldn't finish it off, and it felt like that for for a lot of the game. Our producer wants a little bit of input. Just like to point out, the ex-producer James Wycamp, I'm here purely to enlighten and educate. He called in the first quarter that Collingwood would run away with the game yeah. by 10 goals. That's why he's no longer the producer. Were you against him, Charlie? I was completely against him. Oh, everyone thought, agreed no, except for me. That, that's I, how I remember it. I thought Collingwood... <laughs> no, in fairness to Scott... That I might thought, be slightly coloured by your uh, dis- not desire at all. to be right. I thought Collingwood would win the game, but not by 10 goals. Yeah, I... I'm amazed that West Coast got back in the game, to be honest. I thought that game was over. Are you that surprised? After what we've seen from West Coast this year, they when they have had a fit team, they have been unbelievable. They, they have been a genuine premiership yeah, team. Yeah, I think they have like actual claim to being the best side all year. I don't think it's as clear-cut as Richmond choking. Richmond being. were. Like, Richmond were. West Coast were the second okay, best Okay, no, let's look at it on balance. West Coast had significantly tougher run with injury. They smashed Richmond at home. Mm. And the second best team, the team that destroyed Richmond at the MCG to make it into the grand final, they beat twice at the MCG and once at their home ground in another final. Yeah, look, I, I get what you're saying, but just... I don't Throughout think the course can... of the season, there were more moments when we thought Richmond are far and away the best team. And and I just... I we're buying think that was because West Coast got hit by injury at that point. Yeah, though. look, maybe. maybe. Maybe you're right. Maybe for two years, Richmond have had an incredible injury run yeah. until they had a sickness and an injury to Dustin Martin. I, I, I just don't think final. it's as clear cut this entire year as saying Richmond were the best side 
and choked. I think there's a real argument that they wouldn't have beaten West Coast in a grand final. Mm. I, I, I don't think... I think that's taking away from West Coast in a way that I think is just unfair. They were, West Coast were immense pretty much the whole year. Every bad performance they had, you looked at and they had no Kennedy, Darling or Lacroix or something like that. They had yeah, no that's Kennedy true. or Shuey. Look, they were undefeated with Darling and Kennedy. Yeah, and then they had missed Nat Nui, Shepard and Gaff in the grand final. I know Collingwood had massive injury problems as well, but I, I think it's just taking away to say that West Coast weren't the best side in the year. I don't think we know that they weren't. Did losing Shepard affect them at all? How, how good was Schofield? He was, he was outstanding. That's one of the better grand final performances you can see from a key defender. It was, His defensive efforts, <laughs> desperate defensive efforts, were outstanding It was a purely quarters. defensively solid game, was it? Like He was just unbelievable in all those desperate yeah. acts. He didn't offer it's the rebound. I love, I love Neville Jetta. That, that's what I love. Dale <laughs> Morris should have won the Norm Smith in 2016. Schofield shouldn't have won it this year. We know Dom Shee should have. But, <laughs> Way to but bury the lead. We've got an entire segment on our Norm Smith medal votes. Yeah, okay. And you've, you've just given away your number one. Yeah, it was, it was quite clear for me. But anyway, we'll get to the reasons why that was the case. Uh, midfield battle. Who won that? Who won the midfield battle for I the majority that... of the day? That, that ebbed and flowed. Yeah, it really did. That was, that was the tussle, and that was why it was such a close game. But I thought Collingwood were clearly on top early. But West Coast, just as soon as they arrested momentum, I thought they always had a toenail in front of... Collingwood in mm. terms of the way yep. their balance was. They weren't significantly better than Collingwood during the game, but they were always that little bit more effective. Yeah, I, I thought it was I thought it was a tight midfield battle, but I thought it was West Coast just looked a lot cleaner. When they went forward, yeah. they always looked a bit more clinical, a bit cleaner. And I thought That's that what, was the main difference in yeah. the game, which is mostly kicking. It's the hands of the key forwards. Darling, as the game went on, he started clunking him. Kennedy had a few early on where he got him on a lead. It was stuff that like that that really made the difference. 30 seconds into the, uh, into the first quarter where he took the mark, full stretch on the lead, gold sack, half, no, about three centimetres behind him. But just couldn't get there. That when he took that mark, I was like, "Oh, he's on there," and he unfortunately missed the goal. But yeah, but he looked hot early. Yeah. Anyway, I, I would argue against Scott here. I'd argue that West Coast comprehensively won that uh, midfield battle. I don't think on balance though. Like when you look at it on balance, they were so good early. Early, the like the yeah. first quarter, but then West Coast built their way in. I mean, from halftime onwards, Collingwood's leading ball winner was Langdon in the half back line, whereas you got guys like Sheed. Yo, Shuey. Are you sure about that? I was half time. He was leading. Half time at least. He was one of the leading. Yeah, the, I, I mean, he was one of their leading disposal but I mean, getters, but also, I'm not sure he was their top disposal getter. The other thing as well, as the game progresses, Kennedy and Darling start getting more quality ball movement inside their fifty. That's. Look, I've, I've done a little bit of fact-checking, uh, Charles. Uh, leading possession getter was Taylor Adams with 31 and a goal. Trelaw had 26, Crisp 25. Langdon was then with 23. So, look, they had, they had some good midfielders, but like, I, I, get, I get the point that you're making. They're, when you thought about the dominant players on the ground, which is generally when we think about midfielders, you did the, the names which come to mind are West Coast players. And then there were Collingwood players. You're like, oh, yeah, Adams was pretty good. Like, it, it didn't feel Adams like Adams was the best though. of the lot. I thought Trelaw was clearly hampered by his legs. He didn't have the run yeah. he showed in the first but like, half of the year. You have to credit to him. Like, Oh, no, it's it's not an indictment on his yeah, performance yeah. at all. To get 26 touches in a grand final when you've just come off tearing both your hamstrings is an unbelievable mm. effort. It speaks to his sort of 
industry as a player, that's an unbelievable, unbelievable performance. But he still wasn't at his best. It yeah. was sort of one of those Joel Selwood warrior performances where he gets hit twice and is really, really tough, but doesn't really give you much drive. And he, it was like that. And, and the added factor to this, and something which we have no- ignored the entire final series, West Coast Ruckman. How, yeah. like, they, they are not great Ruckman. Vardy and Lysette are all right. When you say we've ignored, I was yeah, walking okay. around uh, during the Melbourne game. The world game. has ignored. I was, I was walking around during the game saying, oh, I think Vardy and uh, Lysette are outperforming Max here. And relative to expectations, they did outperform both Max and Grundy. They kept both of those guys to limited influence. They lost the hitouts, but they limited them, which <laughs> is what separates both those guys as yeah. great ruckmen. Yeah, that, that doesn't mean that they won the ruck battle on any of those occasions necessarily, but it means that they were against great ruckmen and they put in a brilliant team effort. Like They, they, they did a Nank Curvis. Yeah. Exactly. They limited their influence. Yeah, I, I think they did a better job than what Nank was doing. This year, though, that they, they yeah, this really, year, this year, really yeah. stifled their ability to move around the ground. Having Vardy and Lysett, especially against Max, meant that when Max drifted back, there was someone the same height in the same area. Mm. And Grundy, they just ran with him all day and didn't let him get that outlet, outlet ball that he worked so well to get. Like Grundy is a pretty much an extra midfielder with his disposal counts, and he didn't get anything on the outside. At ten possessions, he had one where he got a. He yeah. laid back with the flight of the ball to get a mark in transition, but that was it. Yeah. He'd be disappointed after an amazing, an amazing preliminary final. Yeah, well, both of them would be. Like, both those guys had unbelievable rucking seasons and were nullified yeah. in their biggest games. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I still, for the major factor in the game for me was the West Coast back line and their ability to transition, which they've been terrific in all year. And they were just a bit cleaner than than Collingwood were. And I felt like that's what it came so down to. So you thought their transition was... Because I found that... Each, I thought Collingwood did actually a really good job of stifling the switch. I thought every time they tried to switch, West Coast didn't actually get out. Their backline was incredible at intercepting and their yeah, defensive yeah, work okay. was unbelievable. But I didn't think they got too much rebound off it. Hearn didn't hit the unbelievable kick we see him hit all the time. Like, he didn't quite have that moment mm. where he broke the game open. McGovern did for that final goal, but other than that, I didn't think there was massive amounts of turnover ball that resulted in West Coast attacks. I thought they'd get it, they'd return to territory, and then they were good enough in the contest to then go forward again. I didn't yeah. see them so much creating from turnover. Yeah, it was less about how they played Collingwood earlier in the year when it was literally switch back and yeah. forth until eventually they found an outlet. There was a lot more punishing kicks in it the corridor. It was more finals footy, quick wasn't Quick handballs, moving it through the corridor in an impressive way, which Collingwood, as I've said, it felt like more of a slog in the way that they did it. So yeah, I think that was the main difference in the game. But should we move on to some other segments? Are we talked enough about the game or any other thoughts? Uh... I feel like I should have more thoughts because I feel like we should spend more time on the game. But, but half of our segments are dedicated to discussing the teams <laughs> and the players in the game. So yeah, that's true. we'll be talking plenty about it. Okay, so let's move on to our only segment that isn't related to the game. It's time for Billy Gower's Watch. Billy, 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 Billy Gower's. Billy, 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 Billy Gower's. Yeah, so I stole back the introduction. What are you doing? It's my segment. You screwed it up two weeks ago. Why are you stealing it back from me? I am fantastic at Billy Gower's watch. How dare you? I would like to point out I've stolen both your introductions this week. But why why have you decided to just 
it's, steal the podcast in our grand final. It's the alcohol episode. talking. I'm threatened by our new producer's uh, presence. I think he might be uh, trying to encroach a bit more than Whitey ever did. And I just want to stamp my territory. I'm like a dog peeing all over a tree. And I'm genuinely offended. But look, once again, you were the one who decided what to do for Billy Gower's watch. So, so I, like, I actually don't know. Well, what is on the agenda for Billy Gower's watch? You, you've thrown to me, but I'm actually going to throw to our new producer oh, who Charlie's did all the work. Ooh. He's done some Instagram stalking. We haven't looked at Billy Gower's Instagram. We haven't looked at Billy Gower's Twitter. We've looked at his former Carlton teammate, Christian Jax's Instagram. Okay. So they are a, close, a good, mate. A good close friend of ours. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the guy we went to school with and haven't spoken to since. Yeah. <laughs> we, we've seen him... We've seen him be in Instagram stories in Bright together, so we thought this was a fertile crown, and we've had another look. So take it away, Charlie. What happened? So once again, I'm here to enlighten and educate. <laughs> Both, not not just one, both. Well, you're not supposed to laugh at your own jokes for 10 seconds before you say anything else. <laughs> so, with as we said, our close friend KJ, the ex-Carlton and GWS swingman. Yes. Swingman because he never found a position. Continue, Charlie. Anyway, we that found... Me, that was me and I apologise. So we found KJ, Billy Gowers, and also Daniel Gorringe. Yep, the only man whose surname rhymes with orange. Interesting fact. Yes, well, where were we going with this, Charlie? Oh, they were taking selfies. <laughs> and a servo. Where? Where? This is this is the goal. Where? Where, the, where was the servo? We're thinking BP, but it could have been a shell. We don't actually know the location. We're that, going, that is unidentified information. We are going with BP, but the interesting fact oh. was the selfie was in the surveillance camera TV that you see over the desk at the servo counter. Taking selfies? What do you mean? Well, that's oh, you... oh, so there was there was a surveillance of them taking selfies on their phones. Yeah, and you can see in the TV them taking a selfie, looking up at the TV, taking a photo. It's great. My God, I thought we had the new Sam McClure here, but he didn't know whether it was a BP or a Shell. Well, that's yeah. probably the one thing that we do know. Short, there but was he's some... an up and comer. He's close. We no. do know there was a two for a certain amount of. Uh, <laughs> there was a two for a certain amount of money. <laughs> Deal on Kit Kats and, Coke. and uh, cherry ripes. That's don't, the only thing we know. But how do we know that? <laughs> that was in the photo. We Caption. didn't look closely. No, oh, just, just a sign in the background. Jeez, oh, you are inspecting closely. No, see, I've done a lot of work. Here. We didn't zoom in to find out exactly what it was, though. This is what I like to like. I want to stamp my role <laughs> as an educator and enlightener. All right, so what has this got to do with Billy Gowers? Like, does this, does he was this... in the photo. Yes, I know he was in the photo. But, like, does this lead into our well, analysis... To do does this lead into our analysis of how fantastic Billy Gowers is, which we oh, talk about every content. week? Or is it just... That's just what he does with his uh, life. It's just an average, everyday man. Is that, is well, that what given this at? is the first time I've seen him at a server, I would like to think that means he's got a fuel-efficient car and looks after the environment. Right, okay. So okay, he's a very moral okay. person who that's, sticks up for the environment. That's... That's what I was trying to get. Okay, I understand why you brought this to the table. Congratulations, Charlie, on dominating Billy Gower's watch this week. I'm very impressed. Dominate. Thank you for the clap. Yeah, so as you probably heard by the interjections, we have a few more people here. One of them is Collingwood supporter, uh, sometimes host, sometimes guest. I don't think he's ever produced, but it's Stringer Bell. <laughs> Uh, we just want, we just want a few few thoughts you, on the game we'll, we'll as give, a shattered Collingwood supporter. We'll give you the microphone for thirty seconds. What do you have to say? What are your emotions? Um, disappointment more than anything. I mean, I think I went there with with really high hopes, um, and I was let down. Um, 
you know, I was really hoping to hear My Humps by the Black Eyed Peas. And <laughs> when they didn't, you know. But I the, thought it could be salvaged, but the, the performance overall was just not not what I'd hoped for, and not hearing my humps was the final straw. It was just a really Barnsley did a bit to sort of ease it, but um, the disappointment, I suppose, just really couldn't be overcome. So what do you expect with no Fergie? What a disgrace! I, you have the black eyed peas with no Fergie. Yeah, Come it's on. pretty disgraceful. At least Will I am had a great jacket on. Did you uh, <laughs> did you have any thoughts on the game at all? Or is that wiped from your mind already? Um, what game? <laughs> was there a game? Sorry, I thought I was going to a Black Eyed Peas concert, but um, <laughs> no, nah, the, the game. Nah, nah, nah. In all seriousness, look, it's um, it's a disappointing result, but I mean, you gotta you've got to consider the season as a whole, and as a whole, if you'd offered us this result at the start of the season, you know, you would have taken it. I mean, at the start of the day, no, of course not, but. You know, not many people expected much from the team, and uh, I think that overall, it's a it, it's a very encouraging season. It's been a good season, and they gave everything they had. And I suppose you can't ask for much more than that. It, it's disappointing, but you got to look at it. You look at the big picture, and the big picture is uh, it's looking at oh, everything's coming up Collingwood. Kind of pies five in a row. Kindred spirits, Stringer. Like, did I not say those exact words about the Melbourne football club? Yeah, it's really week? annoying as yeah, a really Melbourne support. I would wish point, both that, of you um, were actually hurting Collingwood, emotionally. Collingwood uh, did a lot better than Melbourne did last week. Yeah, There's a this, lot of... this week. We know I gave our future a 10 out of 10, so. Uh, yeah, so we've just had another interruption. <laughs> anyway, um, should we move on to our. Uh, no, I wanted on one next? more question. I wanted one more question of him. Um, you had. A potential three grand winning if Mason Cox won the oh, Northwood yeah. medal. How disappointed are you with his uh, with his performance, especially his first half where he had one disposal? Is he about to get delisted? <laughs> what? I mean, just answer the question, Stringer, please. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, good analysis from Stringer Bell. What's our next segment, Bandit? Uh, we're going with Kane Corns. Uh, obviously, given we've recorded about what, an no, hour... So what is the segment called? It's Kane Corns Call of the Week, yes. where we generally look at a media call that's a bit outlandish and a bit over the top and take it, to par- take it apart a bit and then make one of our own to put our own necks on the line. Unfortunately, this week, we've gone to recording... Way too soon to be able to tell whether or not anyone said anything stupid in the aftermath of the grand final. So instead, we're just going to do our own big calls. And I think you want to take it away first? Yeah, I'm going with a classic piece of media. I'm completely contradicting a call from earlier in the year. I said earlier in the year, Robbie Gray was the best player in the competition. Remember that on the Kane Corns big call of the week? Yeah, I remember that time you were wrong as well. They, They played him forward too much. He drifted a little bit. The new best player in the competition... After today, after his final series, after his last two seasons, is Jeremy McGovern. Yeah, he's an unbelievable Or as most people call him, Jeremy McGovern. Do they actually? Have you noticed that, the commentators? They seem to just call him McGovern all the time. No, I have not noticed It's a much easier way of saying his name. McGovern. No, I haven't noticed it once. Quick question, though. Are you you just discarding your boy Max Gohan? For now, okay, for now, right. yes. No, because of the fact he had a better final series. It, like, mate, his impact on a game. Yeah, playing is, on like one league as well. Yeah, it, it, like it's honestly astronomical the way that he manages to shape a game. He, he controls the game from the back half. He, I mean, I, I'm pretty happy to say his form over the last two years is comfortably better than Rance's was, has been. And we talk about Rance's... 
I think a lot of people would say he's probably the sec- second, third best fullback of all time. Jer- the way Jeremy mm. McGovern's playing now, and if he continues this form going forward, you'd have to say he's as good, if not better, than Alex Rand. There's an argument to be made that when it came down to it, he made the most important play of the day when he yep. took that intercept mark with two minutes to go. I mean, Sheed has something to say, but yep. <laughs> <laughs> Never let your uh, money get in the way of your other opinions. Uh, yeah, so McGovern, with that intercept mark, immediate play on and spot up of Vardy, that turned that passage of play around. And without it, they wouldn't have been able to score the match-winning goal. Yes, there was a massive mark from Ryan and an unbelievable finish from Sheed to go along with it. But God, that marking kick was important. And, and he did it all day. Whenever it felt like the game was drifting away, he would just drift across. He'd take a McGovern mark and everything would feel okay again. He sort That's of, what he does. He He's stopped, a calming influence. He stopped the damn wall from breaking in the first quarter. He was so imposing across half back in the first quarter. Really kept their hopes alive. Second and third, when he had less to do, he just sort of patrolled. He didn't get beaten in aerial contests, but wasn't a strong intercept mark. But then in the fourth quarter, when it, the ham, chips really came down, he was unbelievable. He <laughs> was one of the best players on the Obviously, ground. the point of this segment is to make a big call and to say something a little bit outlandish. I don't necessarily think he's number one. I think he's extremely close. How close would you put him in the equation best player in the competition? It's not a dumb thing to say. That, that's the point I'm making. He's not that far off it. No, I, I don't know how far off it he is. Like, it's a really tough line to put because he's so different from most yeah, how people do you compare in that him to conversation but dustin martin like yeah very very different footballers but, but what he can close. do intercepting is just unparalleled he's more imposing in the air than rance is rance is yeah rance's strengths are in different areas but no one controls the game aerially like mcgovern does probably yep. magic doors the next closest and he's a way, way back <laughs> Or Sam Frost, but you know... Maybe Agdor was second in the competition in intercept marks. I'd like to point out that that's not completely outlandish. I'm just not going to fact check that at all, but anyway. Okay, next up, this is my call. Gaff is definitely now coming to North. What are you judging this? Didn't you say... Hold on a second. Hold on. Didn't you say before the game... That you would not want West Coast to win because you thought that would make... Don't slander me with you the same... You definitely said... No. You said if West Coast win, he is more likely to stay. You you said that in the pod last week, I'm pretty sure. No, 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 that was Liam. That was Liam. Liam isn't on the pod. <laughs> I don't you think I said it on the pod. No matter what the result was, you would have interpreted it as positive. That, that is a fair accusation. Melbourne. I will not, I will not shy away from that. That's what you do life, Banjo. That's what you're about. Yeah, that's true. That is very true. I, I distort lenses to fit my <laughs> fit my own agendas. But no, he now he feels no guilt for punching uh, Andrew Brayshaw because it didn't cost him a premiership. So what's holding him back? He's got a very, very ill father that he needs to return to and $1.2 million waiting for him. He's definitely coming to North. The thing that's holding him back is the fact that his team just won a premiership and he knows that no. that team could win a premiership If you again, love somebody... Let- and that he feels like he owes something to that club through going through... What what can he possibly owe a club that just won a flag? It would give you some fierce emotions about if you, your football Scott, club. Having seen them won a premiership and the heartbreak he would have felt not being part of it with his teammates and his friends, he might want to hang around. Like that, that, is, that is equally as much of a thing that could have happened as Scott, he feels like I'm going to go the opposite way. If you love somebody, let them free. And that is how West Coast is going to treat Andrew Gaff. They're going to let him free, are they? You don't think West Coast want him? No, they've withdrawn their offer and they're letting him cut it off. 
<laughs> no, but seriously, body language doctor. He was showing up multiple times. Not once did he look happy. Yes, West Coast were down the entire time, but he did not ever look happy. Yeah, look, I did decide that after seeing him smile in their first final, that that was a definite sign that he was 100% staying at West Coast. So, so the fact that he didn't smile at one point throughout the entirety of the game... Might be a little bit worrying. But on the other hand, and they, he did punch someone and miss out on playing in the grand final as a result. So that might feel have a bit bitter about to that too. It. They also showed him after the uh, medal presentations, still not smiling. Yes, but he might be a little bit upset. Okay. Uh, that's it for Kane Corns. What? Okay, we've also got one from Charlie, who's not very communi- not very good well, at You want to go with a big Kane Corns okay, no, we call okay, of the week? That's fine, because we didn't have a media one, so he's our yeah, media no, representative. Kane Corns. We need a real yep. stooge to make uh, a real dumb one. So my Kane Corns is that the AFL has completely justified and also shut down the argument that they made the right decision to hold the grand final at the MCG for <laughs> okay. the next 50 years. Man, Whitey would want to hit you right now. Yeah, I know, he would. But yeah. <laughs> I think technically it's... 40, no, 39. Uh, it's about 2054. It's, it's not quite 2057. So would you say that the fact that West Coast managed to win one away from home proves as a fact that it's not It's not a factor at all? It's, it makes well, no difference that there's a home ground advantage for Victorian teams. Well, to me, I think we've seen that Collingwood last week beat Richmond, who have arguably had one of the biggest home ground advantages, the MCG, we've seen. They were a co-tenant of that same stadium. Exactly. But the fact is that Richmond won... What, how many did they win in a row? 23, I think. 23 in a row at the MCG. They were a much underhyped side. They were, you know, like they were like Richmond were the overwhelming favourites going into that match, and Collingwood blew them out of the water. Yeah, but that was at like that was at the G. Like, that was also at the G. Collingwood are also like if 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 it had gone the other way around and West Coast had beaten them at the G, then then you'd have a stronger argument. Speaking through the words of our ex-producer and our gambling expert James Whitecamp, the odds for the today were a dollar sixty-two odd. To Collingwood and about two dollars twenty. Correct. Yep. Yep. To West Coast and West Coast, I think for three quarters put a pretty comprehensive display on. That's true, but the reason they were favourites because it, the game was at the MCG. They wouldn't have been favourites if it was played in Perth. If it was played in Perth, how much do you think West Coast would have won by? I think, yeah. Well, to go back to James Whitecamp, I think the odds Whoa. would have been a dollar forty to you know three dollars if it was in Perth. The grand final. Yeah. So yeah, that shows that it is a, it is a fair factor. But we've gone over this before. Fairness dictates that it shouldn't be like that, but commercial realities, it just has to be. I think the AFL now have a fair argument, and they will use it for all it's worth. Yeah, they will. They'll mention it for the next 10 years after a Victorian team wins the next 10 flags. Yeah, until we have... But West Coast managed to do it. Until (laughs) we have the next five grand finals in a row where the lower-ranked Victorian team wins, yep. like we just had. That was the last run we had. Five years in a row, yeah, a lower-ranked yeah, yeah. Victorian Which is crazy. team beat an interstate side. Until we have that again, the debate's dead, I think. I yeah. think you're right. Uh, but yeah, now let's move on. We're going top five. We're going to do the top five players of the grand final. Pretty much our North Smith battle votes. Mm. Uh, so, do you have any honourable mentions? I do have an honourable mention, actually. I really wanted to put him in there, but... Old mate Flying Ryan, mate. Our boy Flying Ryan... <laughs> You know, almost and Ryan, posting Ryan, almost clutching Ryan. Concu- Look, he had some moments, all Concussion right? Concussion testing Ryan. Yeah, exactly right. 
panicking Ryan from time to time. But look, he look, squibbing he, Ryan where he went back with the flight and no, the no, ball no, went no, straight through his arms. Let's forget about that. He had some grit. Oh, smashing Ryan. More to the point. He, but who, Actually, was, who was it who he cleaned up? That was uh, Maynard. That Maynard. was that was Hanbury uh, roughhead scenes right there. It that was, was incredible. Was, that was that a big hit. moment. He had look. He, he didn't. Wait, no, hold on. It this was, needs to be talked about. Come in, uh, get to the microphone. You what? think that was a free kick? It was a bump when he had the ball. It didn't hit him high. What was that it a free kick a for? Bump. It was almost like a shoulder tackle. What? You That's a bump. You, you, you That's a definition. Play. You've got to play the ball. No, you don't. He didn't hold him, and the ball says if the ball's with the rule says if the ball's within five meters, you can bump, and that's what he did. You, can, you cannot just blindly play, bump blokes while they're uh, going for the ball. You yes, you can. Make an attempt. No, you don't. If it wasn't a mark. If the ball is in dispute. But it wasn't. You're just objectively wrong. It wasn't a mark. Look, he is wrong. He's a Collingwood supporter, and I can understand why he is wrong. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about I'm not even. Hang on, I'm not even <laughs> complaining about the overall standard of umpire. I'm complaining about one individual decision, which I think was wrong. Now, look, I disagree with you. I, I think it was a very good, fair, good hit, and it was a great moment in the grand final. No, you're objective. And I think wrong. it was one of a few. I think Flying Ryan had some really good moments. <laughs> I, ju I just like him a lot. That mark he took. That... So we've just had our producer open a beer and spill it everywhere. I, look, he, had, he had some great I, say, I don't think our studio audience or help is actually adding anything Absolutely to this Absolutely not. But do you have any honourable mentions? Do we... Apologize right now to our listeners for their conduct. No, they know we're always apologetic for the quality of our podcast. That's yeah, just that's an true. inevitability. Do you do you have any honourable mentions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Norm Norm himself, Kravis Varko. He was good. First goal scorer won me nineteen dollars yeah, with my one dollar outlay. That's fair. And yeah, three of us won. Three of us won nineteen dollars in the room. Ex producer, producer, and myself. And no, he was actually really good. He yep. he had a lot of tough efforts he'd laid a lot of tackles didn't quite get involved in the forward play that much after the first quarter but he was good he does play well in grand finals Two well yeah yeah he's played well in a couple well he's played well in a quarter in one of them <laughs> apparently there was another one was there another one he played well in oh no I don't remember that. Yeah, I, I don't remember how well he played then. But anyway, uh, I don't. I, look, I, I don't mind it. And he won you some money, so I understand why he's as why you have him as yeah. your honourable mention. My number five. It was just someone I wanted to mention. I just thought he really lifted the team. I have Jack Darling at number five. I yeah, thought, his third quarter. I thought his third quarter was absolutely brilliant. The contested marks he took, and he was both as a. As a key forward, giving himself a chance for shot on goals, and also the outlet kick that he gave them coming out of defensive fifty, I just he gave them so much structure. And when he started getting on top, that's when he felt like the belief was getting into the team. He didn't dominate for four quarters; it wasn't enormous. He had one dominant quarter, one okay quarter, and his first half was quiet. Yeah, but like what when he lifted, you felt the team lifted with him, and that's why I just wanted to give him a mention. Yeah, his contested marking in the third quarter was instrumental to keeping that momentum going because without it I think Collingwood had a real shot to really rest the sort of initiative back off West Coast but every time they were trying to bring the ball out of defense he just stood tall and and was just imposing he did drop an absolute sitter that would have iced the game <laughs> with the minute yeah but it didn't matter it, it didn't, didn't matter. matter in the end they still won the game so but it didn't matter that would have been like it the was moment shades of the grand of, final it was shades of won. 2015 Yes, but it didn't matter because he still played well. So what's your number five, Banjo? Uh, I've got a man who didn't win you some money, Dom Sheed. Only at five. Are you serious? Yeah. Five? Yeah. 
He was the best player on the ground. Like, I, I disagree. I, I said he I agree stood, too early. I put $10 on him at $34. I stood to win 340 and he was the best player. He was great for four quarters. He kicked the match winner. He, was that the most clutch moment you have ever seen in a grand final? He had to Ooh. hit that ball perfectly. Went From the, the angle he was two. on, it had to be the perfect kick. That was the definition it's actually of clutch. A, it's actually a pretty good call. It's a definition, be. and uh, that was enough to elevate him just ahead of... Shuey played alright. Just ahead of Luke Shuey. He was number one. I'm going to claim it now. He was my number one. He should have won me $340. How dare you have him at number five? So you, you yeah, dog. There's a, <laughs> there's a little bit of bias in there that crept out. He should have won you $340. Nah, nah, nothing, to <laughs> nothing to do with it. <laughs> Let's just reflect on Irrelevant. that for a bit. He Irrelevant. was excellent. I thought he was probably West Coast's third best player. And I thought it was such a close game that a couple of Collingwood players would probably deserve to mention ahead of him too. He was unbelievable. He played probably the game of his life. And you full credit to him. He didn't wasn't particularly damaging with his disposals. But he racked it up and he was clean. So, he, yeah, he, no, he played the, really well. He was at the very least the second best player on the ground. At the, at the very least. But anyway, who's your... Well, no, you just did your five. Yeah. Who's my number four? Uh, I've got Tay-Tay at four. I've got Taylor Adams there. Uh, he was the best Collingwood player. He was damaging out of the middle. He racked up the spose. I think it was 31 and a goal he kicked. I thought he was quite comfortably Collingwood's best player. And in a game which not that many individuals stood out, I thought he definitely deserved to mention. Especially for Collingwood. Collingwood was such an even performance. They didn't really have yeah. much standouts yeah. at all. I've got him a little bit higher. I went with Langdon at four. Okay, yeah, fair I enough. He was I, I seriously considered that, yeah. He, his final series actually was... Mate, his season. Incredible. Yeah, his season. When, when they got the injuries of Collingwood backline, he was the man who stood up and gave them a chance. Yeah, he, he allowed them to survive through that injury crisis in their backline. And he significantly outperformed Goldsack. He probably outperformed, he outperformed Howe as well. He was their best yeah, key defender. Definitely. Sort of in quotation marks. Yeah, He's yeah, not yeah, really yeah. a key defender. But he was their best, yeah, tall defender comfortably. And Howe is an excellent defender. Goldsack, I know he's hit and miss and coming off injury. But it's not. it's a real credit to him to be their best performer in yep. a grand final. Over that lot. And, and then what you just said, that was what was special about him. He felt like a key defender when he's not. Yeah. And that's that that that's something which just sets him apart. As, as have, that that's the thing which reliable smallish defenders that that's the thing which makes them excellent is the fact that they feel like they have that influence on the game as if they're a key defender, even though that's not exactly what their role is. That's it's what a Neville Jetta does. But anyway, my number three, speaking of back lines, the entire West Coast back line is my number three. Their back line was like, you I, absolute coward. No, no, but you can't separate him. Can you actually separate Hearn, Barras, McGubbin, <laughs> McGubbin. <laughs> and Schofield? Okay, my ranking, Barras, McGovern, Hearn, Schofield. <sighs> that, that is highly up to debate. Yeah, Their I whole agree. back line operated oh. so brilliantly together. Who's Charlie want to say? I'll go McGovern, Hearn, Barras, Schofield. Okay, so exactly. Like, I, I probably, if I had to pick one, and the thing is, I didn't want to pick four of them because that would take up my entire time. <laughs> if I had to pick one, I would have said Barras as well. I thought Barras was just, Barass, just brilliant. Barras did a brilliant job, and Schofield he, was pretty spectacular on to go. Barras is an unbelievably underrated. He might be a top five key defender in the competition. Yeah, and yeah, just yeah. because he's overshadowed by McGovern. The other thing, how old is Barras? He has got a future. 
Yeah, he's what, 22 or 23 yeah, or something? He's like, young. He's going to be Yeah. And Sky, Skyford was the best story because he wouldn't have been playing if it weren't Shepherd. Shepherd. Well, neither so would that, she. awesome. Quite likely. So like, she yeah. would have been completely marginalised if Gaff was playing. Yeah, and he was the best player on the ground in the grand final. It's pretty, <laughs> pretty special, but what's uh, your My three, I had Adams. And yeah, he was immense. Yeah, he was Collingwood's best midfielder. He was more damaging. He got under Yo's skin a bit in the first half and drew some free kicks. He yep. was he was immense. He's ma- he's just made for finals footy. He's a contested ball he's player. He's tough. We knew that he'd be like that. And yeah, he played what you would expect from Taylor Adams, which is great. Uh, yeah, my number two, I've got obviously Luke Shuey. Uh, he, look, he was quite good. You know why that um, isn't obvious? Because he should be number one. <laughs> no, it's very obvious because clearly Sheed was the best player on the ground. But Shuey, what did he have? He had, look, the, diff, the thing which sort of would have you know, made the Norm Smith voters pick the other way, which they shouldn't have. But the, the the separating factor in their mind would have been, look, eight tackles and a goal. And he nearly kicked another clutch goal at another point. He had a couple of big moments where he had shots on goal in the third quarter and he just didn't quite nail them. He would have really stand we, We've said this it. before about Luke Shuey. He's a damaging X-factor, special sort of player. And for yeah. a long time, we felt like he was almost the only one at West Coast. This year... Completely we wrong on that, but for a long time he was that that sort of player, and again today was just just brilliant. Yeah, yeah, you're wrong. He should be number one. My number two is Kennedy, and I've staggered you don't have Kennedy. Him. I thought he, Darling was better than Kennedy. He had three goals, two, eleven marks, and eighteen disposals. I didn't actually realised he'd kick three goals. Yeah, he was unbelievable, and you've just ignored him. So you're wrong. You can no, apologize. No, I thought Darling was a better player. Yeah, you're wrong. I thought Darling impacted Darling the game better a, at critical moments. I love Jack Darling. I like Jack Darling more than you do. Kennedy was better. One quarter. Yeah, Jack Darling played one quarter, and it was an immense quarter, but Kennedy played the entire I just, game. I, like, I, I explained it before. I just felt like when the game needed lifting, he was the one who lifted him. Kennedy took the first mark inside 50 of the match in the first... Yeah, and he missed the goal. I, he missed the goal, and then he did the same thing. He came out in halftime, did the exact same thing. It was the same play, just about, and he slots it. Like, yeah, no, I'm not saying he didn't play well, but like, I don't know. It didn't feel like he had the massive moments which some other players had for me. Uh, consistently throughout the match, I thought he was there, and he was there as a, a target for the West Coast midfielders. I love Josh Kennedy, don't get me wrong. He's, he's one of the best key forwards we've seen for the last... Yeah. Five Quick five reflection five on the fact sure. that West Coast won the Judd trade... And we're on. Oh, right, let's go. Absolutely, we know that. <laughs> but anyway, my number one is clearly the man, Dominic Sheed. Clearly the best player on the ground. I was absolutely robbed. And uh, picked up plenty of the ball all day, was consistent across the day, and had the most clutch moment I've ever seen in a grand final. Okay. That is enough to win you a Norm Smith okay. medal. I was robbed. What a disgrace. <laughs> I was robbed. Not Dom Sheed was robbed. Uh, so I didn't think I'd have the better top five when I didn't put a West Coast defender in, but I have because you shut the bed with that call. Uh, I had Shuey at number one, well, and that is right. That is agreed upon pretty universally, I would have thought. Uh, but let's move on. We're doing our quick season reviews. I cannot believe we're at the 42-minute mark when My we've had one God, game f- to talk I about. I forgot we were doing season reviews. Uh, so we'll start with Collingwood. Uh, as always, we're going through rating out of 10 their list, coaching, how they perform to expectations, and their future. So what do you give them for their list? I actually struggled a little bit with trying to pick what their list is at. I ended up giving an 8. I think mm. they do have a very, very good list. They have a brilliant midfield, a talented midfield, a deep midfield. Their forward line, they have a lot of... Like they've got Their key forward's Mason Cox, who's not that great. You've got, you've got to accept that. 
Outside of that, I they've got Dugowie some... I think is a full forward, though. No, kind he's of not. He's not. That. That, that's the he's point not, I'm making. He's so talented, he can. And I think that kind of counteracts it. He's, he's, they've got those players who've played like that. They've got, like, as Stevenson's played almost a full forward in parts of the year. Dugowie's played in full forward for a lot of parts of the year. But I, I feel like the fact that they've been so good in that position is a coaching thing more than a list thing. They have some good midfielders who they've been forced to put forward. And that makes me think that their list is a little bit unbalanced. But as I say, their midfield is outstanding, and their backline, when they're fit, isn't too bad. But obviously, by this game, it was a little bit, a little bit grim. But uh, I, I, look, they have a very good list, but not quite, not quite at the top. Yeah, I had them as a nine. I think yep. their midfield is so unbelievably talented. They have the best ruckman in the competition. They Second have, best ruckman in the competition. They have solid key defensive stocks. They don't have a good enough tall forward set. But yeah. they're very talented in both small defenders and small forwards. And their midfield, list-wise, is probably the best in the yeah, game. Yeah, no, I mean, ours is the best. But they're, they're probably the second best. But Charlie uh, is putting his hand up to say Geelong, but um, all evidence is to the contrary there. <laughs> no, I was going to say list. Do they get Stephen May as a free agent? No, uh, Melbourne do, clearly. It's, it's a very on. interesting that, call. That, <laughs> One that, of those sides is going to be and then, very good. Let's not forget, if they had Lyndon Dunn in their team, they'd have a premiership. No, well, Don't forget how important Lyndon Dunn is. He is the man. Well, we He's their vice-captain. As as Lyndon getting we, injured made them Lyndon. We know that. We know that, Scott. But I'm saying, where's <laughs> that... The addition of Stephen May, where's that lead them? Oh, that's, that's a massive upgrade. I really hope he comes to Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> But no, look, saying eight, that, that's fair enough. I was tossing up between an eight and a nine, and I yeah. ended up just going slightly on the lesser scale. Um, but if they'd won the premiership, I probably would have given them a nine. Like, it's just that simple. If they'd had one straighter kick. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's not a bad What did you have for coaching? Coaching, I went with an eight in the end, and this might be a little bit similar. Here's to... where we go. I went a seven. <laughs> okay. Well, this is similar to what I would have... What you said about Hardwick last week, you talked about the fact that his history made you think, oh, is he actually that good a coach? Has he just had a good run? That's almost what I'm thinking about Buckley. I'm not entirely yeah. convinced My yet. thoughts as well. I thought for a lot... I, early on, I did think Buckley would be a great coach. The way he speaks in the media is so good. But for such a long period of time, his results just didn't look like that. And I always thought they had a good list. And I always thought they underperformed. This year, they didn't underperform. This year was absolutely outstanding. And he deserves... On this season, it's a ten out of ten easily. But just because there's a little bit, there's a little bit of history there. I'm not quite happy to go there yet. I'll put him just below, like a a hard week and a Clark. Yeah, I think we have very similar ratings uh, in terms of the justifications of where we've put them, but just a little bit different on the numbers. I had a seven for pretty much the exact same reasons. I thought. I've considered him to be doing a bad job for so long, and the fact that a lot of what he did was derivative. Knocked him down a little bit for me. Yeah, I could say I understand an eight, but the fact that like what what did he do well this year? He employed a different forward setup, which was carbon copy esque of Richmond's. Like there, there were just some things that didn't quite I didn't quite buy as the Buckley effect. I, I still thought the thing which stood out to me the most from Collingwood this season was their defensive structure. I thought that just improved so much. It was almost frightening. I went yeah, through a few actually, Collingwood games fair. where I sat at the top and like I, I thought, I am watching Richmond. The way that they sort of set up and controlled the game through their defence. And even when their backline got injured, 
they still manage to keep doing that. And that, that that's takes some special coaching. Yeah, well, that, that's fair because the last few years, all we've said is, God, they're easy to score against. You get so many easy goals out the yep. back against yep, them. Yep, yep, exactly. And that, that dried up completely. completely. There, there was none of that. And I, that, that is a credit to Buckley. I, I have him as an above-average coach. I think he did a good job, but I don't think he he's not Alistair Clarkson. I'm not willing to put him in that stratosphere yet. Fair enough. Uh, expectations, performance expectations? 10. 9.5 for me. They didn't win the premiership. <laughs> That's honestly the only reason. I, I just thought I put them not, just I didn't see them making the eight. I, yeah, I thought Buckley should have been sacked at the end of last year. I thought they were a chance for bottom four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought this was a going nowhere team held back by sort of stuff, their own, their own club internal issues, but they turned all of that around and made the grand final. I think it's a 10. Yeah, I support all of that. They just... I just put him just below, just yeah. because they didn't win the premiership. Uh, and for future, how do you rate him? Future, I gave them a 7.5 is what I ended up going hey, Can with. I just comment? We have never used 0.5s in the entirety of this system. We were giving ratings out of 10 by whole numbers, and you've just bastardized the entire thing because you're a wuss. I find Collingwood have some courage in have some courage find, in your convictions. I find Collingwood hard to place. Is it a 7 or is it an 8? So 8. It's an 8. I just didn't want to give them an 8. What does Charlie have to say on the matter? Producer back, Scott, 7.5 is a legitimate answer. No, it's not. All right, fine. 7.5 Whole then. <laughs> I'm sticking with a 7.5. Uh, look, I, I don't... The only difference between... Like, Collingwood could win a flag next year. They don't necessarily will. I'm not that confident. They yeah. could win a flag next year. Over the next five years, they could be in the top There's not much years. dropping off. I don't know. Like, I mean, they've got Daniel Wells' retirement, but I don't think that's going to change much. Yeah, I, I just... I don't feel as certain about them... <laughs> You're an idiot. I do feel as certain about them. I don't feel as certain about them as I do about some other younger lists in the comp. So that's about all it comes to. So what you're saying is, I think my team's better, so I'm going to rank them differently. That is 100% what I'm saying. (laughs) Yeah, I had them an eight as well. They're a real shot for a premiership. They're no guarantee at all. They're no guarantee this year. They're no guarantee in five years. There's going to be a long period, I think, of being around the mark. But I don't think at any point are they going to be surely the best team, which is why... Which is why I've ranked other teams slightly higher than them. Uh, and for West Coast. Yeah, let's get through West Coast quickly. I've, given their, I've given their list a nine in the end, which was probably just because I, they won the premiership. So it just tilted me in that way. I think their midfield is not that great. I think their midfield is uh, okay. It's not as good I know, as the I know it's a little bit worse line. as soon as they lose Gaff. But this Shut year, it was, I think it was a little bit harder. Their forward line is... Like, you could make every argument in the world that it's the best in the competition. You could make the exact same thing about their back line. Both, both their spine is just freakishly good. And then they've got some talented players around in their forward line as well, being a Ryan and a Rioli. Oh, and now, Brad Shepard. I just feel their midfield is just a little bit lacking. But Dugan outside and Cole of that, did so well. good. I think, to be honest, I kind of reject the idea that their midfield isn't that good. Like, you look I'm at not, it. Look, I gave them a nine. Like, I'm not I, I know. I know. But you look at their starting three if you say this year it was Gaff, Yo, and Shuey. Yep. That is an unbelievable sign. They're very good. Ruckman was so great. Well, with Nat Nui there, it is. Yeah, Yeah, fair enough. And then you've got guys like Sheed, Redden, Marston. Like, some of those are a bit hit and miss, but they're still a very good midfield. Fair enough. They're probably not quite as deep, but no, that's... I think it needs to be said that I did give them a nine as well. (laughs) We have the exact same rating. They are an unbelievably good list. They are little old there's yeah. not five guaranteed years of this a lot of their players are 
between 28 and 31. And it'll be interesting to see how well they keep up their performance because it could go either way. They could be a one-hit wonder or they could really be solid for an next yep. couple. Yeah, we'll get we'll get to talking about their future when we get to the future rating, Banjo. Yeah, that's fair, that's fair. Uh, coaching. I have gone with a whopping 10 out of 10 on coaching. I think Adam Simpson is and always has been an absolutely brilliant coach. I yeah. love the way that they've been structured defensively for a long period of time. The way that they move the ball, there is so much system to it. Every player on that field knows what their role is, what they are there for, what they are trying to do. And he deserves to be a premiership coach and absolutely so good on him for getting there because they they were so well coached the last time they made a grand final I thought they performed so far above what they yeah. should have been then and to have made it was a brilliant effort and now we've seen it on grand final day and it's that rubber stamp and I think I'm happy to say he's the second best coach in the competition I 100% agree I gave him a 9 but every sentiment you just said there I believe wholeheartedly yep. he is one of the few coaches that is just as good building a offensive structure as he is the defensive structure. They move the ball so well and so cleanly with open moving parts that that has to be down to coaching. The running patterns they use are unbelievable. Yep. Defensively, it's Freakish. scary. It's, yeah. it's scary how good they are at setting up for the intercept mark. And it's not just one player. McGovern is unbelievable at it, but Barras is fantastic. Yep. Yep. Shepard, when healthy, is fantastic. Hearn, I think, has added that to his game. He was very much a solid small defender, but he's become a lot more uh, prolific through the air this year. I there's nothing I can say about their coaching structure that is correct. Uh, yeah, yep. they they just fantastic. Yeah, fair enough. I, I want to argue that both of you have argued that the strongest part to their side there is the the backline forward line. Now you got a coach in Sam Mitchell coaching the midfield. Mm. He's coming back to Victoria at the end of this year. That's pretty yeah. widely known. He's breaking that contract. What happens there now? Now chances are, you know, it's pretty widely accepted we're losing. They're losing Gaff. Right. Now they're going to lose Mitchell. Did you hear that, Scott? It's widely accepted. It's not losing widely Gaff. accepted. It's oh. about fifty-fifty. But anyway, continue with oh. your point. <laughs> losing Gaff, and now they're going to lose uh, one of the greatest football thinkers of the modern era, Mitchell, mm. coaching the midfield. What happens then? I think Mitchell's a big deal. I think he's a really big deal. Everything. So I've you don't think Gaff is a big deal? No, we're not talking about that for now. Forget about that. Uh, I, I, everything I've heard coming out of West Coast is how big a difference he made to their midfield. I think he made a massive difference to how Andrew Gaff played. He made him more of an inside sort of player. More Should balance, he probably yeah. stayed the same, but the way she developed throughout the year... By the end of it, he was awesome. Well, I think Shuey, Yo had his best year. Shuey didn't have a top-line year through injury and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. None of that was due to... But we saw today like how good he is. Yeah. I think Mitchell has made a massive difference to their midfield. I think that that's pretty significant. I, think it's I hear he's going to go to Hawthorne, which sucks. Yeah, I think it's reasonably <laughs> likely that a lot of that has been put in place and will stay, though. I don't think they're immediately going to lose... Everything, he's, all his input. But we see how yeah. footy changes year to year. Like, I don't think midfield battles big bar. Yeah, but I, I, they'll be up there next year. They'll be up there. Uh, what do you have for expectations? 10 out of 10, they yeah. did win the premiership. I think I had them about oh, I think I had them, sixth last I had them, <laughs> at the start of the year. Wait for it. I think I had them third last. Yeah, like it's, it, if that's not a 10 out of 10, I don't know what is. The that Prittis is, and Mitchell oh, retirement. an incredible year from West Coast. I thought they incredible. were done and dusted. They were pretty flat last year. I didn't see this performance at all. They've been, as I said, Just at least had a, they've at least had a claim on being the best side all year for a lot yep. of the period. Yep. And 
Yeah, they they're just a stunning performance just, overall. Yeah, just awesome. Uh, future eight. Eight. Okay, I've gone a bit low. I gave them a six actually. I, they're, they're quite an old list. Yeah, they are, but they could also win next year's premiership. Yeah, look, I suppose it's how short term you look. I, su- like, I think it's conceivable I think that they when go you've to got back. when you've got a chance to win a premiership, not none of the 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 five to ten years down the line doesn't matter. If you can win a okay. premiership in the first five years. And okay, that's how I yeah. read it. I don't think they're guaranteed to win a premiership in that time. I don't think they're guaranteed to go back-to-back or ever get as high as they did. But it's well and truly in the ballpark. And they're one of the teams that if we fast forward five years and you say they won another one or another two, I'd go, yep, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I, I, And because of that, I think they're an eight. I get, I get what you're saying, but I can't, I can't look at it in two ways. I think next year and then I think future. And I think next year's like, oh, maybe... Futures are very, very questionable. And Charlie just made a good argument about issues with their midfield. Yeah, that's true. So, uh, yeah, like I could, I could see them dropping off. Like I can see that as being conceivable. So I, I gave him a six, which is above average, but not that far above average. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, we've got a new segment from our producer. He has decided that he wants to add something to the table. He's doing a word of the pod. Although in the notes he spelled that with a Y, so we're not sure how that's going. That uh, so yeah, what is your word of the pod? So ladies and gentlemen, it is my job as producer to educate and enlighten. <laughs> when did this come from? What did you think of this? I think what's happened. Slogan hap- for your entrance. I think, onto I think the what's pod. happened. He thought of two words that sound vaguely intelligent. And thought, you know what? <laughs> I don't think I've got to come up with another one. So I'll hold on to those for All a right, deal. So how are you educating and enlightening us, Charlie? Word of the pod. I'm going to teach you a word and then define it. Go ahead. So, the word this week is truculent. T-R-U-C-U-L-E-N-T. Wait, hold on. Truculent. Succulent. Truculent. Truculent. Truculent, Scotty. <laughs> what the fuck does that mean, Charlie? Let's define it. So, Geordie Degoy was a truculent but talented forward. This is using it in a sentence, not defining it, Charlie. Yes, true. <laughs> Let's change it. It's a work in progress, lads. Truculent. Jordi Degoy was a truculent young forward who ended up redeeming himself with four goals in preliminary final and three goals in a granny. Truculent. What does it mean? <laughs> you gave no clue as to what that meant. That's just how you use it. But to you, to define it, it means you can be angry, a little bit feisty, and a bit rash. A bit like Rory's. Yeah, it's like someone who's it's gonna punch their dog. That's what that was the story, wasn't it? Jeez. Oh, yeah, okay. For a second there, I thought you were just bringing that up as a general comment of that's what you do when you're aggressive, you punch dogs. Uh, no, he didn't punch his dog. No, so he punched somebody and said a dog yes. bit him. Yes, he claimed okay, that he apologize. was playing frisbee with his dog and got injured. But he <laughs> but actually, he actually just was just in a bar fight, which probably is a trunky, tr- truculent effort. Well done, Charlie Hay. Yeah, well we done. struggle with that. Segment. I would Let's still move say on. That, We're uh, going to wrap it up. No, 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 no. I would say that Liam Ryan was succulent. That's a good word, also. Way to bring some homoerotica into this. Do we have part. any uh, Poochie's mailbag? No, it's no, answering the question. So we just have one question. Which we didn't is... even ask. So let's just get to our battle situation. Yeah, so there's one question on this pod from our favourite Facebook page Battle Situations with Unexpected Handicaps. Johnny Depp as Edward Scissorhands, but his scissors have been replaced with pirate swords versus Johnny Depp as Captain Jack Sparrow, but his pirate sword has been replaced with a pair of scissors. 
Are you sure we haven't done this one before? I'm pretty confident. Okay. It wasn't selected by me, but I'm pretty confident we haven't. No, I think I just brought it up with you previously. Yeah, that's possibly true. Okay. Um, I'm backing in scissor hands. Yeah, okay. So so his scissors have been replaced with pirate swords. Does that mean that he has 10 pirate swords? How do Holy his scissors shit, work? Or is yes. it like each finger is scissors? I, I actually don't know about him. Or does he just have one pair of scissors for each hand? But does he also get a gun? Like, you know how he has a I've he never has a seen the movie. Who's Edward Scissorhands? No, well, I'm, I'm saying... Oh, Jack Sparrow does have a gun. So if his got... sword's replaced with a scissor, he can just shoot him. Well, he, no, he, the scissors, he just chop the gun, wouldn't no, he? No, he just no, break no, it. No, no, because he holds a sword and he has a gun. No, but it's only his sword is replaced with scissors. He doesn't get scissor hands. He so he's got a gun as well. Oh! Yeah, right, no. yeah, okay. Incredibly good point. So he has Charlie. a gun and a pair of scissors. Yeah, I don't think so this is. So he has just been... throw the scissors away and just use his gun, which yeah. is quite important from distance. Uh, <laughs> but how many swords does Edward Scissorhands have? Does it matter if he gets shot? Two. Oh, so he's only got two swords. So it's two swords versus a gun. I'm gonna, I'm gonna no, back in the gun. No, no, no. I reckon he's got a gun. <laughs> but to be fair, if Jack Sparrow misses, it's a flintlock pistol, so they'd take a long time to reload. Scissor hands mm. could close that gap and just chop him. Look, maybe, sword. but I would still back in the gun. Like, I would still think that's more yeah. likely. There's a reason why guns it's like are that taken Indiana, over Indiana as modern Jones weaponry. But I'm like, say Jordan to go his dog's Charlie just said Jordan to go his dog is going to win. I don't understand where that's coming from. But anyway, I don't think we're going to invite him. That back, wasn't but. part of the battle situations with unexpected <laughs> handicaps. But anyway, are we both taking uh, what was it again? Jack Sparrow because he has a gun. Yeah. Are we both locking that in? All right, we're happy with that. But anyway, can we please finish this podcast? Yeah, let's go drink. Yep. I think Thanks for listening. Idea. It's been another season. We will be back for a trade period pod because oh, maybe. Maybe. in a first time ever, Scott hasn't threatened to quit so he can do it without pissing him off too much. So it's going to be great. Doesn't we'll be back. We... We'll be asking for questions. We'll be recapping. We'll be ranking and we'll be talking about Andrew Gaff, Jared Pollock and Aaron Hall and Josh Kelly the year after. Thanks. So thanks for listening. Thanks, Enjoy. guys. For all our many millions of listeners, we thank you very much for your support throughout the season. How about those demons next year? Go days.